I'm Joe Dark from the Tristatus, and sometimes I call that radio. Oh, t'appelles ça de la radio? Wait, wait, one more time. Hey, t'appelles ça de la radio? Ah, November. This is just a vox pop. Was I meant to say that? <laughs> say that if you like. <laughs> I just yeah, I will. Welcome to episode 5 of You Call That Radio. Today's special guest is an absolute legend of the Scottish music scene who's played from everywhere from Kirkcaldy to Korea. It's John McMustard the Colonel from Colonel Mustard and the Dijon 5. And this is episode 5, so it seems right to have him on. But before we go any further, there's been... Some shocking news that's been breaking all across the Sunday newspapers that people in Glasgow have been playing music after three o'clock in the morning. So we've had a very special report from Finiston Exposed who have been investigating the situation further. After 3am all across Finiston and wider areas in Glasgow. Many are said to be consuming alcohol, cheap alcohol. And rumours have it that some of the party people, as they call themselves, are potentially on illegal substances, a.k.a. drugs. God, I'm a journalist. Yeah, yeah, I'm a journalist. I, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, I, I, I had, um, you know, I was undercover, so I had to fit in. So I had at least five vodka, vodka and orange juices. They didn't have any cranberry, obviously. So I just did a vodka and orange juice. I had about five of them. And, you know, I had, I had a Tenereki. And um, it was bloody good. It was bloody good. I didn't feel so good the next day, and I I blame, I blame them. I blame, I point my finger at them. They take the blame for my choices. So you're just on a night out with your pals, you know, your pals from radio, other media outlets. Yeah, there was press there. I, I thought it was a launch night. I thought it was one of these crazy launch nights, you know, pop-up launch night. But yeah, I got handed a can. I tasted it. And it, it was red stripe. First, I, I had to double take it because I had a few. I thought, is that a blue stripe? Is that? But you know what? It, it just didn't taste licensed. Seen the music on the radio. I don't even know where you, you get that kind of music. There was hardly any singing at all. I don't, I don't... And you know, I've been a, a radio DJ for close to a decade now, but I'd, I'd never heard music quite like it. You know when you were young and your mum or dad would come into your room and say, turn that bang bang music off? It was the first time I've ever felt like my mum or dad. It, it, all I could describe it as is bang bang music. It was it was quite upsetting. It was it, it was too loud. It was too loud. But the people 
and this is, don't quote me on this, this isn't verbatim, but the way I was led to believe it is the people playing the music are the groove mechanics and the people dancing to the bang bang music are revelers. I got a memory like a bloody sieve. I, I can't, you know, I couldn't be a grass because anything somebody tells me, I fucking forget it. Anyway. We should revel in the grass. We should go outside and revel in the grass. Revel together. At what time do you think that we should stop reveling in the grass? You know, when time is a completely natural thing, you know, reveling is reveling when the music. We need times, though. We need times. There needs to be, there needs to be rules. And there, needs to be, there, needs, no, there needs to be rules. There needs to be things. Colonel said, the tune, was it the tune mechanics and the revel? The, gro the groove mechanics. You think I'm talking about the groove mechanics? And the, and the revelers, yeah. The groove mechanics are playing the music and the, the revelers are dancing. Wild buggers. We're real wild buggers. When I looked, when I looked at the walls, they just, they were made of brick. You remember, I don't know if you remember the programme Prisoner Cell Block H, where the bricks start moving when the door's shut. And I don't know if it was what I'd been drinking that night. And I did touch them and, and they were actual bricks. It wasn't plastic or wood. They were bricks. But it just felt as if the walls were moving. They may well have been unlicensed bricks. I had I had a look at I had a look at some of them. And there was one there was one brick that was actually from Glen Boyg, which I know I know from the history of bricks, that bricks haven't been made in Glen Boyg for decades. So I don't know what a, a Glen Boyg brick was doing at that party, but by God, it was there. Everyone kept saying, are you having a good night? Are you, are you having a good night? It was, I felt fairly threatened. Fairly threatened. These, these are strangers. I, I think so. I think, you know, I, I'm not saying it was a monolith, but when I walked in there, it certainly had a, a retroness about it. And the venue, the venue itself is, um, is, is only a mile away from a school, you know? And it makes you think that, you know, just a mile away, um, you know, obviously not at that time in the morning because it was on about five in the morning. But imagine forty-eight hours in the future, so a mile away, there's school children going to school, setting about the set, setting about their day, our future. Yeah, uh, there. You know, we found out the next day. Well, it was one one of my friends texted me and they said, "You, you do realize that the the club was." within a two-mile radius of a school, in a primary school, not a high school, a primary school. And to be honest with you, I, it made me feel sick. The poor, the poor little kids, you know? You know? They, they, they don't even know it's happening. What did you tell them? For, 48 hours later, these, these kids would be walking to school, walking past, potentially walking past or driving past in a taxi or in a bus. This building that less than two days before 
Bang Bang Music, After 3M, Unlicensed Lager, Glenboyd Bricks. It was, for me, it was, it was a big wake-up call, you know, but I'm not part of that. I was just there. They were inhaling chemicals, like, with their nose. They were inhaling chemicals with their nose, and I, I think it was cocaine. Um, you know, I seen them. Well, I know it was cocaine because I took some. I took I took some of that. I took some of the cocaine. So I know what it was. Uh, I know what it was because I took it. Uh, just to make sure of what it was because I'm a journalist. I'm a journalist and I wanted to make sure. So I, I inhaled the, the cocaine of, of a Yale key. It's, it's shocking to me that anyone would, would snort off of what it, it would, it's like the most synonymous brand of key. Yale, you know, for for your next line, what what brand are you going to desecrate next? Armitage Shanks. There was nobody was taking selfies, you know, no nobody was taking selfies. It was like some unwritten rule that you know that you should just dance. And to be fair, everybody seemed to be having a great time. It was you know there was no trouble whatsoever. It was very relaxed, you know. I, Everyone was having fun. I couldn't say there was any trouble whatsoever. But I kind of had a feeling that it was lurking there, you know. Kind of had a feeling that that, that it could have it could have kicked off at any time. No, I didn't see any evidence of that at all. You know, no one was growling at each other. Everyone was very pleasant and and dancing and having fun. But you just wonder, it could have just kicked off. What if it just kicked off? You know, what would what would have happened? What could have what would have became of us all? What would become of us? It it just felt like a licensed club without the license up until the point where I walked up to the bar and they were selling supermarket branded vodka. Plan for these things so that it causes the least amount of disruption. So like they don't do it. On, on Monday mornings when people are going to work because if they did it then, then um, the people would, it would disrupt things and people would know it was them having the fun and, and that's the only reason that they don't rave during the day on Mondays. The, the strangest thing on the way out, because apparently there's a, there's a building site nearby and on the way out they said... Just try and keep it down a wee bit because there's there's some work going on a couple of blocks away. Just try not to make a nuisance of yourself. So that they're not disturbing anyone and the, the volume doesn't... No one can hear them doing it, you know? So no one's actually getting disturbed by it, which I think is really sneaky of them to do that. It's sneaky. I don't like it. I was wondering why are these unmasked hoodlums asking people to keep the noise down on their way out of the Bang Bang Club. I think it's, um, you know, what I'm doing a public service by unmasking these men. Um, they, they need to be unmasked, you know, so just unmask them, uh, you know, like a Scooby-Doo thing. You know, it was bizarre. Well, you know, when... When you're at Henley or you know even Hamilton Racecourse, you're you're going to have a hoo ha, 
You're going to have. You're going to be shouting hoorah to your pals. You know, no, in a licensed premise, you there was never any mention of respecting thy name. My ears are bloody uh, full of tinnitus, right? But if you give me a cheap vodka and tell me that it's all, it's fine, you know, then I'm. I have, if I have the option of tinnitus or a, or a few years of reveling, then I'm going to choose reveling every day. If it was up to me, the the the, the 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 illegal raves would be would would be banned. They would be made illegal. You know, they should be the illegal raves should be illegal. Have you ever seen I don't know if you're a Hanna Barbera fan. Have you ever seen Hanna Barbera Scooby Doo? Any yeah. Well, at the end of each episode, they unmask the villain. I think these villains need to be unmasked. So I, I feel like it's only right to name and shame these people. Uh, and I think that, you know, it's right to, to shame these people that put on a night that we all enjoyed. I think that by naming and shaming them, that it will ruin their careers. And do I, do I feel bad about that? No, no, of course not. It's, it's good for my career. And that's the most important thing, as long as I'm all right. That's all that matters. As long as I'm I'm achieving my goals, then incredible report from finishing exposed and disturbing report as well. I thought the youth of Glasgow were better than partying at three o'clock in the morning. Now, before we go on to our special guest, Colonel John McMustard, a mega bus with Lorne Hill. One, four, one. You are now listening to the mega bus with Lorne Hill. Lorne, how's it going? Fucking just doing it, taking ages. Taking 80s. Enjoying the Megabus? No, of course not. Nobody enjoys Megabus. I'm with Lauren Hill just now. Um, we're on a Megabus. Why did you get the Megabus? Why did you get the Megabus today now? Money, money, money. And this was the Megabus with Lauren Hill. Hey guys, this is Donnie Yeah, international radio DJ, just saying, you call that so radio? The scandal of people partying after 3am in Glasgow. We've had a mega bus with Lauren Hill. And coming up next, we have John McMustard, the Colonel, from Colonel Mustard and the Dijon 5. But first, this is Frank Foodie, who's got a little bit of a problem just now with cornflakes. So he's giving cornflakes a little phone call. Frank Foodie phones cornflakes. This is why I talk about cornflakes, fuck's sake. I think it was getting a crisis loan. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling Kells Consumer Care. My name's Finlay. How can I help? Good afternoon, Finlay. How are you doing? Not too bad, yourself? I'm very well, mate. Very well. It's, it's sunny in Glasgow, mate. It's sunny in Glasgow. Sunny yes. Oh, you're Edinburgh. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Uh-huh. Not as good as Glasgow, though. <laughs> uh, sure. 
Uh, aye, mate. I'm just wait, a quick, quick call about the the cornflakes, mate. A bit quick call about the right. cornflakes. Um, if I'm being honest, um, I, I think oh, hamsters all we had a bit of adolescence puberty and that we just we forget about cornflakes and we we hit the cocoa pops, we hit the the sugar puffs and all that and right. and and I'm no different, mate. I'm no different. I, and if I'm being honest, I've kind of stayed in the the cocoa pops and the sugar puffs ever since, really. Okay. But the other the other night, uh, the wife buys the cornflakes in, and it was near the other cereal, and I'm like, what you doing getting the cornflakes? What you doing getting the bloody cornflakes? Nobody eats cornflakes. It's like crunchy nut cornflakes, but we're the crunchy nuts, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, you know what, mate? I ended up, I had a wee bucket, and I ended up loving it, mate. I loved it. I just ate about... I had about ten pack. I had about ten bowls back to back, mate. And I've got a loud chew, mate. I've got a strong chew. I've got a loud chew, so um, it kept the wife awake all night as well, man. So, uh, <laughs> I it was just, it was just, I, I just, um, is it use it use on the Nestle? Are you? No, no, definitely not. Good, mate. Good, man. Cause uh, it's hard to get a cereal that's no Nestle these days. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Cause uh, no, no. they they own all all the they own it all, mate. The the Facebook of cereals, mate. The Google of cereals, and um, I, I don't. You know, the last time I spoke to Nestle, man, that's why I was just asking because a guy from Nestle called me a sweaty sock and tried to sell his water, man. So I, I, I that's why I record I recorded my calls just if that's all right, mate, because it's just because uh, that guy Nestle they they, they did bad stuff, Nestle, man. They did bad stuff. So uh, bye. So, mate, I was just basically wanting to see the, the front of the cornflakes. Is it a chicken or is it a Mexican hat? Uh, neither. It's a rooster. It's a rooster? It is, yeah. It's name's Cornelius. Cool, mate. Now, see when you, there's got... It says in the front that grown-ups go for free to Legoland. Yeah. Now, I don't really care about Lego, but I've got, I've got, a, I've got a grandson who's... Starting to hit the sugar puffs and the cocoa pops the way I did. So I was wondering if there was a cornflakes land I could take him to rather than Lego. He's too old for Lego. Lego's a little bit shite anyway, you know what I mean? I'd rather take him to cornflakes land to, you know, show him the roosters and show him how it's made. Can we do that? There's uh, there's no cornflakes land, I'm afraid. But we're doing it with, uh, it's not just Legoland. We're actually doing it with Berlin, who own tons of theme parks in the UK, so uh, you can go to Alton Towers or Thorpe Park or, you know, Dungeons or anything. Right, so, so things, really. how's it, how does it work then? Uh, well, really all you need to, you can, you can always think of the vouchers on the side of the box as a ticket by itself. All you need to do is hand it over and then swap it for a ticket. Um, right. When you buy a child or adult. It's a big, it's a big box, mate. I'm not taking this big box all the way all the way with me, man. No, 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 no. You just need to cut that, you just need to cut out the vouchers. Oh, scissors. There's always a catch in there. I don't need to get scissors. I need to get scissors. Oh, yeah, scissors. Ah, these, these. Can you, these? Can you get scissors after you guys? Can you sell scissors? I'm afraid not. No. No. Where am I going to get scissors for? I don't know. Perhaps you could tear it. Where? Perhaps you could tear it. I could tear it. Aye. I could tear it. Tear. Oh, tear it, right? Sorry, mate. I thought he said a criteria, and I thought that was an Edinburgh scissors shop or something. A criteria. 
Right, all right, okay, got you, man. So just tear it off, tear it off. Right, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Do you do do make crunchy nut cornflakes and all? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So what do you do? You just put some sugar and a nut, a couple of nuts in it? Yeah, well, it's like honey and peanut paste and uh, bits of peanuts, stuff like that. It's the main difference. Obviously, it starts off with cornflakes and we add stuff like that. So what? As I knew they were, I knew they were related. I knew it. What I don't understand is, is how can it be, like, how is it original and best tasting? So how does it, how can how can it be the best cornflakes but still be the original cornflakes? Because I'd imagine that the first, the first batch of cornflakes you made was probably rubbish, man. You can't, you don't, you don't just get that good overnight. Well, I mean, we still are the best, and uh, cornflakes. Sorry, Kellogg's actually invented cornflakes, so. Original and we're still the best. So, Wait, it's a yeah. it's a bold claim to say you invented cornflakes, though, man. Yeah, that's true. And oh, I well, I, that's just like saying you know I, I I invented space raiders. You know what I mean? You can't just say that. You can't well, just say that. But who who says who says who says that? If I look it up, who, who's going to say that? Cornflakes says that. I bet you if I look up, Kellogg says it. Cornflakes. Kellogg's Cornflakes says they invented cornflakes. But I'm sure that there's a wee guy in America saying he invented cornflakes and all. And it's like, who invented it? You know what I mean? Well, that's invented by a, by a doctor for his patients, just because he thought it would be a good thing to eat. So. Do you know what, mate, mate? This is a thing. I, I don't know if this is true, right? But I heard it was... I don't know if you heard about... Is it Dr. Kellogg's he was called? Well, I don't know if it's called Dr. Kellogg's, but yeah, well, Keith Kellogg's. Right? No, this is, this is, excuse my language here, because I don't know how you say this, but Dr. Kellogg's, as, he was, as he's known as, but he was basically, he was he was right into his religion and stuff, and he made cornflakes as a boring, to make the most boring cereal he could. So that, ah, that was his brother, that was his brother. Yes, to stop, to stop, to stop him get to stop him getting his mojo, to stop him having a libido, to stop him getting excited and carried away with the ladies, basically to stop him having a crafty, you know... I do know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about, mate? It's not, uh, it, it wasn't actually the Kellogg's, Mr Kellogg himself, it was actually his brother. Oh, right, so it was his, bro- so it was his brother invented it. So you, you didn't invent cornflakes, it was Dr Kellogg's, his brother, to stop... Well, they invented it together, but he's the one who, you know, had all these ideas for it. Right, okay, so it was, a, it was ending today with the... Basically, it's hard to put this in. It was to stop him having a wank. He made a bone cereal to stop him having a wank. That's what actually happened, man. It's mental. What a weird... I don't know anything about that. No, that's what it's for. But, mate, it was because it was to stop people sinning. And they thought the reason that everyone was sinning was because they were having really nice breakfast. Now, this was way before Cocoa Pops and Sugar Puffs. God only knows. I'm so confused about, uh, about who you're talking about. Because, like I said, his brother was into that, but not... Uh... Yeah, so... So it's Kellogg's brother was into that, right? So he was into, so he, he so his Kellogg's br- brother invented the boring cereal that we now love called cornflakes, and gave it to his brother. And his brother was like, "That's fine. I'll, I'll just I'll just sell that, mate. I'll just sell that and say I invented it." And his brother's like, "You can't you can't sell it, mate. You've got to give it away for free because this is to stop people sinning. This is to stop people going away and sinning." And Doctor Kellogg's is like, "Mate." I don't care, these taste good. And you know what? Everyone loved them and everybody's just kept sinning anyway. In fact, if anything, it puts a wee bit of spring in your step, a bowl of cornflakes, I would say. Well, it sounds like you know no more than me. It's worth looking into, mate. It's worth looking into. Is there yeah. any, is there any um is there any anything else happening in the news about cornflakes that I should know about, mate? Because I don't really use the internet, so have you got a newsletter or something you can send us? 
No, I'm afraid not. Um, if you don't have the internet, perhaps you can go to the library. I mean, all of our information is on our website now. So, you, all right, so have you just got, have you just got, have you just got a wee section in the library, man? No, no, but you could uh, use a library computer. Oh, right, got you, man. Oh, I don't like computers, mate. I just can't be bothered with them, mate. I just, right. I just gives me a sore head, man. Do you know what I mean? Uh, do, do, you, do you get, do you give away any free cornflakes? No, 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 sorry. Never? No. I think that's weird. No. Well, I wish if Dr. Kellogg's brother was about, he'd be getting us some free cornflakes. Uh, oh, well, mate. No worries, Finlay. Well, thanks for, thanks for your time today, sir. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, mate. Have a night. Enjoy the sun. You call that radio. And there you go. That was Frank for the phone and cornflakes. It's time to go and speak to the main event himself, Colonel John McMustard, who has a friend show out called John McMustard and Friends in the evening. I'll be playing on the 8th of August with him. He's also got shows on all throughout the month at night time. He's also got a kids show called uh, Colonel Mustard and the Big Bad Wolf on during the day. So check all that stuff out. And uh, we'll also be playing at Kilburn Garden Party this weekend. So I'm looking forward to checking them out. Gyro Babies will be on this Sunday at 8 o'clock. And Colonel Mustard are playing Friday night on the Square Stage. So um, hope you have a great time at Kilburn. That is probably the greatest festival in the world right now. Last year was absolutely amazing. And this the lineup for this year is fantastic. So cannot wait for Kilburn. Shout-outs to our raffle winner, Grant Short, who's one of our Patreons who won a ticket weekend pass to Kilburn. So if you are a Patreon, stay tuned for more raffles as we you go automatically into raffles a couple of times a month where you can win stuff. And if you do want to support this you, this show, then go to patreon.com forward slash you call that radio. And also feel free to give us ratings, comments, uh, feedback, and please do share it on your social medias and that. But right now, it's time for the main event himself, Colonel John McMustard. Brothers and sisters, may the peace that can only come from one God be upon you. We are here to tell the people that we hear you. You call that radio, episode five. I'm here with the, the colonel, John McMustard. How are you doing? Very well, thanks, Mark. Well, I say very well. It was a it was a rough weekend in Manchester, a good one. But I play, played the first gig down in Manchester, so you're obviously going to go large when you're in Manchester. Mad for it. Mad for it, yeah. Mad for it, yeah. Yeah, our kids. So, are we getting too old for this? I think we're hitting that point where we're, we're overdoing it more than when we were younger and we need to have a look in the mirror. But ask me that again tomorrow and it'll probably be more looking forward to the weekend again. See, I think I'm actually I'm much better behaved than I was, but I just think that there is that, that recovery time is getting harder and harder to justify because, uh, you know, I, it's taking longer. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't in Manchester. I was at the, the Secret Animal Garden Party, which was, was a great wee day. And then obviously there was a few drinks. Uh, I only get to relax, you like yourself, you only get, to, if you're a, you're usually a headline act as well. So you only get to relax, relax after you've finished. So kind of behave before, I, well, I can't speak for you, but I kind of behave before I've done everything. Once I'm finished, done, the show's over. Then that's when I just get into my own as people are going home. Aye, no, uh, I, usually that is the case. Uh, I only had a couple of pints before we went on, so that's that's fairly normal because you don't want to overdo it and be sounding rubbish, particularly when you know 
half the, the band are going to have been overdoing it all day. So you need to have at least 50% of the band like, performing uh, for to, to pull off the Dijon 5 madness. So what would it work if, um, if everyone else in the band sober? Is that is that a green light for you to hit the whiskies or something? Possibly in the past that has been. But uh, it was quite good at the weekend there. Big big Mogs, the drummer, he was he was well gone. They'd they'd got the earlier train down. Uh, and but he was he's still brilliant. Craig's one of these guys that can play even if he's had, you know, two bottles of bucket or whatever. But uh, he kept finishing songs early. You'd be halfway through a song and he'd finish it and the band would go with it and then you're like, No, nah, we can't let <laughs> We're not, we're not finishing the song there, but I would just come in a cappella in the next bit. But I, it's sometimes quite good that that level of madness when you're playing. Well, I, th- I think a big part of what you do is is this is this big yellow party. So you've got about sixteen people on the stage, and I think that was part of the fun. Is trying, to, especially at festivals on a Sunday. If you go eat, when you used to play the Eden Sunday festival in the main stage, you'd go like. Right, who, who's who's where? Where, where are they all at in this? In the in this, so it's used with it. Midfest, so obviously, Midfest. Uh, in case you don't know, listeners is hosted by a great band from Manchester called The Moods, and so and we were actually playing the Barrowlands. Actually, that was one of the main reasons I gave you a shout, John, because I was like, right, well, the, we've just announced a gig this week, which is the Gyro Babies are celebrating uh, ten years. Uh, of of live shows by playing the Barrowlands, uh, John McMustard with me here has got a new show and the Moods and Mungo's Hi Fi, with one more to be confirmed. So, yeah, let's just so I talk a bit about the Barras and the Moods and stuff like that. <clears throat> the Moods were great hosts, uh, brilliant band as well. That's the first I've actually seen them live, seen stuff online, but uh, they've they've got a an affiliation with Glasgow. A lot of the a lot of that's down to yourself and the new Hellfire Club guys. And, you know, when they come up here, they, they say the Glasgow crowds are the best. Uh, so, I and they, they love bringing, like, yous down, us, Mickey Nines and all that. And because they're, is, in Manchester, they're saying they don't have bands like us, uh, which is, you know, it's nice that we're seem to be doing something a wee bit unique up here. Uh, but they they almost feel more part of what we're doing maybe than the traditional guitar scene down in Manchester. Uh, but they were all all lovely guys and girls and made us feel so welcome and had a you know put on a nice after party where we just all went for a wee drink in retro in Manchester afterwards. But it was a great gig and they all went for it and their crowds were brilliant. Uh, I could, they're, they're a band that should be playing like Boomtown, you know, on a big stage at Boomtown, and it'd be good to kind of, you know, it'd be good to see them because I think they would totally shine there because they've got that drum and bass thing, you know. Yeah, that's that's why I when, when I first seen the moods, oh, I, I played a gig down in Salford and I met I met one of the guys, and they were in a totally different sound back then, and then the next time I seen they had the music video and it was like rappers in it involved, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. But like you said, it's um. I don't like the word commercial. It's accessible. The the music, the the beats are kind of drum and bass. The it, it sounds now. It sounds very much now. They've got some brilliant MCs, but and, it, and the, the, 
the string player as well. She was fantastic yeah. and just gave it that lift. Terry Christian for the word was in the audience. Yeah. Aye. Uh, he was just standing at the back. He didn't cross the roads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he enjoyed, enjoyed all the, the sets. I think he's played the moods before. Uh, and there's a mutual friend he came along with. Apparently, he's played us before or something. Somebody said that the... I can't remember. I don't know if someone gave him a Gyro Babies. Or he, no, I think he maybe just said the Gyro Babies are a great band in Twitter or something. But... Did you get a chat with him, I? Oh, do you think... Do you think he, does he look like a wee bit like Stuart Lee in real life? He does. He actually... I, I could play Stuart Lee in a parallel Mancunian universe. Yeah. Uh, no, it's brilliant because I used to stay up at night and watch the words and, you know, you weren't allowed to watch it, but you would go up to your room and turn it on before you were allowed to go out, you know, and uh, I so it was, the word was a big thing, first place, I saw I think Nirvana and Oasis and stuff like that, and uh, so after I came off, I was like, so we, are we getting the word on Friday then? <laughs> I just laughed. Uh, but I know I was brand new and chatting away. Uh, I think he's he's one of these guys who's just a working class guy who is true to his roots, but is also almost like he's not part of that total right wing media thing. But they sometimes get him in, and uh, he's he's well, we got, he used to go in the right stuff, and he goes in the Jeremy Vine show and stuff like that now. But I think it's you can tell that he's he's in a difficult position because. He's one of the few voices in the left type thing invited onto these shows. So it's a tricky situation because that's his career, but he also he's, he speaks his own mind. That's, a, that's an interesting point because... So I was actually talking about this last week in the show, which was, you know, you, you're actually... This, you're actually perfectly placed. You were on BBC Alba recently, or BBC Scotland as well. So it's, well, obviously there's a lot of people because of the, the hip-hop documentary that came out last week, we woke up, a lot of people were complaining, and people always complain about anything, but they were complaining about not enough people were mentioned, and they also complained that being on the BBC is selling out, and th there's some some there's some arguments that can be made for that, and that I can agree with. Although then I see people that I respect, like Paul Keaton, he was the first person that he plays on the radio. I see him on Sky News sometimes, yeah, I said Sky News is. I mean, if you've got a problem with BBC, and you've got to have a problem with Sky News as well. You've got so, but you, when you see good people coming on from the left or <clears throat> just coming up with an alternative, I wouldn't even say the left, just an alternative viewpoint to the right wing thing. Uh, if you if everyone boycotts that, what, what's going to happen? What, what's your stance on this? It's, I, I I can see it from from most sides as well. Uh, I think. It kind of changes hands, doesn't it? Who's in charge at the top and how much pressure the government at the time are, are putting on them. Uh, for for me, I think it's important that, you know, good art is out there. And if you've got a platform for that to happen, then hopefully things can change. Things, my, my overall opinion is things change more from within institutions rather than people, you know, protesting or... As much as that's, you know, go out and protest and, you know, wave your flag and, and post things online. But real change comes from within organisations. And sometimes that means there's a tipping point where they go too far one way. And But then, you know, like, I suppose the way things have changed within uh, the LGBT community and uh, 
in other areas of our society where things have progressed. Uh, but it, it kind of has to happen from within institutions. And if there's bands like us and, I don't know, hip-hop documentaries and stuff like that getting played in the BBC, for me, that can only be a good thing. But also, I understand they've, there's been a lot of bad things went down in that uh, corporation that, you know, we should still be talking about and that, that continue to uh, need to be addressed. Uh, but I think, I overall, it's, it's, it's I think it's important that, that there is good art on the BBC. So uh, the, the the thing I always find quite interesting is the kind of subtle manipulation that people that do get given the platform have. So it's so for example, like I've only got a very small example I can give personally. When I went on, we did a we, we were on STV Live and it was a live show, and the woman that booked us, she she made me promise five times by via email, and then on the night she repeated four times, please don't swear, please, you know, don't do it. Don't, don't do it a bit, and I was like, "Why would that? Why would I swear? Like, why am I? I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna use. I'm not gonna make my big a big statement on STV Live. Do you know, what I mean, it's not exactly gonna change the world. It's just gonna get some good people into trouble that are obviously the only people that have ever given us a chance to go on live TV. So obviously, I didn't want to do it. But I, I just also felt as well that obviously I didn't want to do it at all. But I was like, there is that kind of like, well, if I if I do that, if I did something now, I would never get on TV ever again. So. I, I, we always see there's a lot of people that I know that that, that are that are, they go on and they're like, well, I'm not going to rock the boat this time because what I need to do is get my platform bigger, my platform bigger, and then I can really tell them what's what. And then obviously, as your platform gets bigger, you 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 know your salary gets bigger, you've got kids to look after, and there's more to lose. So, I, uh, I, I see, it's totally see your point there, and I I think it is that thing as well. Yeah, but also there's that thing you're not wanting to let the the person down that's giving you a wee break, uh, and if if you're the the guy that does that, then you're you know they're they're going to get into trouble off of their bosses because they've they've made the introduction. Uh, but I think you can do it in a subtle way. You don't need to go on and swear to make a point. Your songs make very good points, you know, and. Uh, that documentary the other night, that you know, that's got that's even for a generation of people that don't even still know that there's Scottish hip hop and that there's all that history there. The the same way it did for ICW wrestling, it's like this is a thing and it's an important it's an important thing. That's a, that's a good point about ICW and that that just made them mainstream and that was uh you know, that's just a that was a that was a, a company that was doing very well independently, but they were they, they were struggling before that, and then um, it got them the sort of ways. I mean, I think especially for the as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm glad to see that the the Scottish hip hop documentary was made by someone, and it just means that apparently there's people I've seen dancing that there's, there's people they're talking about it in you know six years are talking about it at school as part of the English thing, so it's like this has just opened up a whole new doors for them. Um, I think people in academic circles that didn't really know. And also, it just means that now people have got something they can go to rather than just typing Scottish hip hop into YouTube. That'll probably come up now. As an actual, well, here's a document to get you to to to, to ease you in, rather than just picking some. You pick because it's only it's only genre in the world where you you see one bad Scottish rapper and you go, 
oh, I've seen Scottish hip hop, it was terrible. I seen a guy, or you meet a guy on a bus stop and he starts rapping, and you're like, oh, that's that was terrible, man. I didn't, that was you wouldn't do that about guitar music. You wouldn't go, oh, I seen a guy play guitar once. It's absolutely terrible. I'm never, never, I'm never watching that again. No, it's good, and I think it's it's introduced me to you know I I hadn't realised the history in the plaza with the break dancing and all that, and I I just thought it was overall it was brilliant. Half an hour is obviously short amount of time, but if I think like a lot of these things, this will kick on and and become something bigger. So all the kind of folk that are moaning that you know about not getting enough airtime or that it didn't cover everything. There's there's no way you can do that within half an hour. But somebody's actually shone a light on it in the first place and folks should be celebrating that and, and looking forward. And even them, in my head, I'm like, well, if the all the guys came together that uh, were part of that and put on a big night somewhere, you know, folk, folk, folk would go to it and... Uh, I I think things will definitely kick on from it. Darn, Darn's obviously just you know a different level now in terms of what he's doing. So it's it's brilliant to see that, and he is he's 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 totally shining a light on a lot of good things happening up in Scotland. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's uh, fair play, fair play to Darn. Right. Uh, the so let's go back to the show that's coming out. So obviously we know he is the lead singer of Colonel Mustard and the Dijon Five, who have played everywhere for Kirk and Tillich to Korea. I've never played Kirk and Tillich. You've never played Kirk and Tillich? <laughs> yeah. Well, we maybe should sort that out before you start lying to the audience like a BBC mouthpiece. Um so yeah, the what what so what what's made you decide to start a new project called John McMustard and Friends and you're obviously you're going you're going straight into the deep end you've got an Edinburgh Friends show in August and you've got the Barra's album launch in, in September so tell us what's, what's going through your head well it, it kind of started a few years ago at Mugstock with a certain Mark McGee inviting me to do a spoken word piece called Dolph uh, that I'd must have read him or told him about at one point uh, and it got a good reaction, and then I think he invited me to another. In fact, it might have been Mugstock the following year. So that's I. It was Burn Burn Supper. So I suppose writing in a different way and exploring, I, I, I suppose another way of writing and doing more spoken word type stuff, but still try to have the musical element that that kind of prompted me to start writing and i've been writing way way Gordy for the gyro babies and colin hunter eh, on on golf and the dijon some of the dijon five have been involved in coming in and eh, putting bits and pieces down but i suppose it takes a lot for a band to particularly a band of our size to to get the next thing out uh, and it's still it's in the pipeline we've actually amazingly for us started like five songs uh, a couple of weeks ago so the, the album the Dijon 5 album's on track hopefully for a January release next year but it's that kind of slow thing where you're writing loads of other things and I just feel as if creatively I, I want to kind of get these things out there so I can move on and 
as, as much as anything else. But I think they're good enough that, you know, hopefully folk will, folk will laugh and some of them have got, you know, connect with other emotions as well. And also I've got Gordy, as you know, he's your, your right-hand man. He's... Uh, He's brilliant. He's me and him have just been coming up with with loads of good tunes and melodies and getting into the studio and recording them. It's all it's all happening really quickly. So I suppose that's that prompted me partly to to want to do a nighttime show at the fringe because I got offered the daytime show, which is Colonel Mustard and the Big Bad Wolf, uh, which is a, a theatre thing that I did at the the Tron. Uh, with Natalie McConan and it was Andy Arnold that directed it uh, and then I've got two cracking young actors uh, Anna Anna Martin and Jack Stewart who are going to be uh, taking some of the other roles so I'm doing seven shows of that and I, rec- I wrote some new music for that as well uh, and recorded that and I I think it's, it's almost like an amalgamation of the two things but uh, the, uh, is the music is it overlapping the Big Bad Wolf with your with your evening show? I I think we've we've done a couple of nights where it's just been like me, Gordy, Gordy on guitar and Body Dixon, my my brother-in-law that plays in Zambia Bamba. He's he's been doing a bit of percussion and congas and cajon and stuff like that. So it went down well at the night. We done two sonnet. Uh, youth nights we done one at the Clutha, uh, and with me and Gordy have been playing quite a few schools uh, and nurseries and stuff like that recently where it's been going down well so we've been playing really strange gigs but getting good reactions everywhere we're going and it is the, the, the songs from the, the show will probably feature but I think every night it's going to be slightly different because I'm going to have different guests like uh, the first night I've got Hugh Reed. I've got uh, for Hugh Reed in the Velvet Underpants. I've got Tom McGuire in the Brass Holes doing a kind of strip back set. I've got good poets like Cat Hepburn the first night. I've got Leila Josephine the second night coming in. Uh, I'm going to have Spangle Cam- Cabaret doing a takeover one night. Got yourself, Dougie for the Mickey Nines. Spring Break coming in one night. Uh, in fact, should we announce that just now? Yeah. Is it the is it the eighth August? I six I'm eighth August, the Thursday, eighth August, Thursday the eighth August. It's Doogie for the Mickey Nines, Spring Break. Mark will be doing a bit of spoken word, but what what I want to do that night is a compliments rap battle. Uh, Becky Wallace is actually going to be there that night as well, so. Aye, uh, I've got some good comedians and stuff. Aye, so I've got load, load. I, I kind of it's that thing because I've, I've now got a chance where I've got a bit of a platform that I just want to explore other artistic avenues, but also try and shine a light on other cracking artists and do something a wee bit different and collaborate with different people. So that's that's the plan. Well, I can I can relate to that. <laughs> it's when you're in a when you're in a band you just try to get everyone to all the parts move at the same time I mean that's, that's how I started Jackal Trades really I was just like right I want to I just want to I'm writing all these writing all these lyrics I've got quite a lot of stuff there and it takes about three years to get ten of those lyrics down 
it's quite frustrating. So it's good, but yeah, that's, that's some some lineup. So it's a, is it the where is it? Where is it? The French show. So the Colonel Mustard and the Big Bad Wolf. My it's like a family friendly show. It's at midday, and it's in the Gilded Balloon at Teviot Square, and it's in the the debating chamber, which is like a three hundred and fifty capacity venue that I, that I need to try and sell out seven times. So please buy a ticket. Uh, and then I bring, bring your family as it's went it's tried and tested it's went down well and even like there were couples that came along without kids and stuff and I've tried to do that thing where there's good humor and good songs and I I was thinking like Pixar where like it, you know some of their movies almost appeal more to adults but it's got that good kind of mixture of comedy and music and all that but I at night time the the shows in the national museum of scotland uh, and that's at half 10 till midnight uh, for for 10 shows so i just 17 shows in belladrum boomtown strenrar and uh, another festival i can't think of in between all that just to <laughs> make august an interesting month aye Pretty much. Uh, I'm, I'm going to launch the album. It's going to be uh, it's going to be called Sports Mixture because it's kind of about... It's about my love of different sports that don't get a lot of recognition and my hatreds of what other sports have became. But with a mixture of that and some Big Bad Wolf songs and a couple of other slightly off-the-cuff spoken word type stuff. So... Uh, that that makes it sound rubbish, but I think I think folk will be into it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it's the fringe, and then you're, then the the Glasgow launch is at the Barrowlands and the twenty first of September. So have you got have you, how you what's your lineup going to be for the Barrows? Have you thought about that yet? I am starting to book Gordy because uh, he's been doing the majority of the writing with me. Roddy uh, will be there. Up. Probably try and get a couple of the Dijon or two or three of the Dijon five horn players to come in. I might have a string player coming in. Uh, I I think because it's the Barras, it can't just be like the three piece thing. I, I need to go, you know, at least six or seven piece and try and get a big sound because some of the songs are quite rocking. So yeah, I'm I'm thinking that way as well. I'm thinking about maybe even on a brass section or some or a choir or something. Because obviously we played the Barrys nearly two and a half years ago. Maybe, no, it's been, I don't know, I can't remember. Yellowlands 2016. <laughs> no, I think it was, I think it was 2000, March 2016, so now we're at, yeah, aye, it's ages ago. That was ages ago. So, um, so we've not actually released that much more new music since then. So, but I definitely don't want to play Who Took Utopia again. So I've got, We've got some new tunes in the background, so hopefully, hopefully, turn it into a new EP thing, or at least mostly new, or just bring back. I'm, I'm also tempted to bring back all the old band members and play some of the old tunes. So if you ever have played in the Gyro Babies, then get in touch and we'll maybe get you on the stage of the Barras. And I know I've, I know this is a weird way to do it, but I really don't. I, I don't know how I can. I can't remember everyone that's played for us. I know it sounds shocking, but we're we're. We're talking about nearly, we're in the 40s or 50s. I, I, and I know that if I start naming people, 
then I'm going to miss someone and people are going to get offended. So if you listen to this and you've ever played in the gyro babies and you quite fancy playing the bars in September the 21st, then get in touch. I've not, I've not forgotten about you. I have forgotten about you, but I don't want to forget about you. So I come out for that if you want. You call that a radio. And it's, I, I mean, the, the thing is that but one it is the bar is so you've got to go that wee extra level. And also the bar is just one of the things that everybody does want to play. So it's one of the venues where you could actually just get a choir. You could probably just get a choir because people what, what I don't want you to join your fucking band. Oh, it's the bar is all right. Okay, I, all right, all right then. So, and it's, I mean, how many times you, you so this is going to be the gyro's third time and also, I played it with Jackal Trades and I, I've obviously jumped on stage with you before, but uh, w- w- what's this going to be for yourself? Played it with Colonel Mustard and the Dijon Five three times. Uh, played one of the ICW nights, just singing DCT into the ring, uh, the International Sex Hero at, at the bar is. And I think this will be my fifth time singing in the bar is. Aye, fifth. So be interesting because it's obviously the Dijon Five. They're, you know, they're the part without blowing their own trumpet. But it's a big party, so it's going to be. I'm going to need to do something a bit different, but also I know people will want to still have a wee dance and a laugh and all that. So I need to get the the balance right. But I've got ten shows at Edinburgh to hopefully get that all nailed. I mean, obviously you get. Um, you have done you have done you are festival headliners played career and but do, do you know I don't know if you get any hate but like I think I think I mean I don't know if you are deleting all the comments I don't see much hate but I, I, I think you deserve more hate than you get and I say that out of love <laughs> but we do you get the odds you get the odds troll but I think we are when the trolls come, I, I find it quite funny, and it's also it's it's always an indicator of success, I think. But uh, I suppose when it gets personal and stuff like that, it's not nice. But it's quite good going right. Well, let's let's have a conversation. What's what's your opinion? And then a lot of the time they just shut up because it's just you know keyboard warriors. But uh, you're right. We probably we probably do get hit more like kind of hatred but people just in general going oh the usual uh, they're the lot of singing kettle yeah. like we always get that but I, I take that I take that as a compliment so so even that hate I turn into a positive do you know the- I've heard I've heard one or two people say singing kettle but I mean there's it's literally only been about a few, two like two or three people ever that have actually really Showing sort of sounded like they hated you to me anyway, you know what I mean? But maybe they think that I'm in the band, maybe they, or think, or they maybe see me on stage and maybe well, he's the most important member of that band, which is sometimes, um, you know, my, my, my 30 seconds coming on there is an important part. <laughs> if I was a young guy, you know, 21 and quite serious and, and a, you know, serious rock and roll band, which I was at that age, I, I would probably hate us. But that's just that's just the level of maturity, I suppose. Sometimes. Well, I think that when people, when I've seen, when I've, I have actually, when I've heard someone saying something before, I went, I've usually responded by, "Have you seen them live?" And they've usually just said, "No." Apart from one guy who said, "Aye," but he was quite a miserable bastard, <laughs> and he probably knows who he is if he's listening. But you know, what I mean, 
just some people I, I get why people don't get it it's like for, for me I can understand the, the you know I mean I, I wouldn't I don't particularly listen to the music myself the, the actual CD or anything but um, I've seen you so many times live every time you know, I wake up, waking up with a hangover at a face, I'm going, oh, here we go again. And then, you know, within a couple of tunes, I'm in stitches, laughing, dancing about, nodding again. So I think that there's nobody that can really fuck with the fact that these are one of the best live bands in Scotland. And and it's also, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what you're doing this new one as well. Because I think once you've now, you've now, you've got a formula that works for Colin Mustard, so to change that up now, it is quite difficult. So it's good to be able to start again, start afresh and um, without upsetting anyone. And you know, so you've got, and also there's going to be loads of your your fans will be interested to see you do something a bit different. I think as well. Hopefully, uh, I think ultimately, as a side project, and it's it's important, it's important for an artistic point of view. And I think, I think there will be tunes that because already when I'm playing it to folk, like we've got a tune called the Wrestler that's like it's almost like a heavy metal riff, but it's. Uh, aye, and then we've got other things that are a bit more dancey, so it's got the variety that hopefully folk will, will get into it. But it's aye, the the band the the Dijon Five are, are still my priority. All right, guys, I don't I don't hate you, all of you. Is it, it going to think there's going to be band members pissed off that they're not playing the bars? <laughs> uh, I go, I might. <laughs> You might have touched on nerve there, Mark. Uh, aye, I, I, I think ultimately, it's everybody wants to play the bars, don't they? And it's 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 one of the, oh, but uh, Asian Dub Foundation there. Right. Okay. Right. Aye. The bar is is the for me anyway the best music venue in the world. That's just got the perfect sound atmosphere. It's a mad building with big neon lights with stars, and it's just it's got something just unique and an atmosphere, a quality that when the crowd are are involved in getting into it. It's you know, the there's it's just electric. It's almost something you can touch, do you know, that's how good the atmosphere can get in there. Uh, when uh nineteen ninety four uh got to see Oasis when I was sixteen, I bought a fake ID and I took it off my mate's big brother at high school, uh, Mick McNamee's big brother Gav. Uh and they, I basically me and three of my mates went and Oasis are at that point, you know, I, I'd only really been into the Beatles for years and years, got into the Doors a wee bit and then moved from Muirhead to Moody'sburn and my, my brother-in-law, Roddy, I, he was a pal at school and him and his pals ended up hanging about with them and they got us into like, all the music I still love within the space of about a month. It was a life changer. And I, I happened to hear Oasis at a party at like seven in the morning like, and the song Live Forever came on and like, 
that week at school it was like oh have you heard the oasis my big brothers and i'm like can i buy a ticket 20 pound and you got a fake id with it and i we went in the bouncers were like i good fake id lads but on you go and they, they, they let us in uh, and we went in and it was it was life-changing oasis i've got a love-hate relationship with them at times because you know that kind of laddie arrogance it's maybe at times went a bit far and they i think they both probably admit this in interviews a lot of the time they, they did lose their way Noel's probably making the music that they should have been making by their third album now uh, but at that point in time like they were untouchable they were just and it was before you got like crowds of you know folk that want to fight coming to watch them it was it was a time where they were just you know up and coming and just starting to take over the world and i've got some listeners questions for me here so you know normally i'd answer the questions but since you're here they're, they're, they're directed at you anyway i don't think there's any for me so i'm just going to go through a couple of them so uh Raymond, check out, by the way, check out uh, Photography by Mundito. Uh, Raymond says, as stated, he gets his banter from Stephen Fry via QI. Is that still the same case, or has he now got another avenue for banter now that Sandy Toxfig is in charge? Well, I remember Sandy Toxfig for number 73 days, uh, which was a kids' TV programme back in the day that also had Neil Buchanan. And I've very much always been influenced by the guys, Patterwise, even from that young, impressionable age. Uh, but no, my banter, uh, the best banter comes out when when we're on the road or when we're at a festival. And uh, even on the way up in the train from Manchester, we met these young guys, that the, a wee guy who had a bottle of Echo Falls, and it started a thing, hashtag Echo, hashtag Falls, hashtag Guy, and for some reason we all just found the hashtag Guy the best hashtag ever, <laughs> like just hashtag Guy. Uh, aye, so, and then things like How Many Many's, that, that came about just at Eden Festival, it just these things pop into your head when you're in weird and wonderful places but I banter wise I, I love watching loads of stand-up comedy but uh, I think the best stuff comes for your mates they they kind of in jokes and the band have got quite a lot of them you know well for all we have our moments with each other but uh, we have some of the best times as well where you know the banter just flows so I Steve, just one point about Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry follows the Gyro Babies on Twitter, and he has done for many years, and uh, which is quite impressive. I've, I was told because he's got millions and millions, and he doesn't follow that many. Consider them. So when news brought out that song that said you get all your banner from Stephen Fry via QI, I sent him a private message because I've got an in him because obviously he follows me. So I sent him a private message for Gay Icon, the song, Dingied. Just, just dingy that. Yeah, you know. No, he still follows me. Well, that's all right. Just, just... It was maybe his team because he's got a team. Uh, but we, we Stephen Fry. See when, see when you, when he posts something, he gets everybody will hit your website. So you need to have like a really well supported website and stuff like that. Like, uh, it's different. Nah, I couldn't handle the fry up. <laughs> <laughs> 
The fry lash. The fry the, the, the fry jerk reaction. <laughs> so, uh, what Pete Mullins says, why yellow? Well, it's the colour of mustard, really, isn't it? And the colour of the sun. And it's it's a happy coincidence, but I could have. I would never even when Colonel Mustard started, we used to do different themes where we'd do an army theme or a sports theme or but then one day it was like, right, will we will we fork out, you know, a few hundred quid on yellow suits? <laughs> Which we did and I don't know, folk there's something about that colour that's just happy and it kinda suits the band, so uh, Mark Mark McGowan says What's Colin's same like in real life? Colin is an enigma. Uh, he works everywhere. Everywhere you go, you know, they, they'll be having issues with the back line. Colin's in there with a screwdriver. There's maybe a guy needing chucked out. Security aren't handling it. Colin's in there. Uh, I c- collecting glasses. Do you know what I mean? He's... I, I love Colin Simpy Bits. He is um, as is, is, uh, sound in real life as, he, as his persona is. Uh, but it, it does work a lot. Although what ironically I've found is he's working a lot less since he's got actually working. So since he's had a real job, you know, I, I don't see the, the rucksack of magic tricks that he used to have, like a, a screwdriver or a spare... He's always, he's always got a spare plectrum. He's not went that bad. But, you know, I just think that maybe someone like Colin shouldn't have to do a real job. I think we should... Um, we should, it should be some sort of universal basic income. Maybe, maybe not for everyone. I know there's financial arguments for and against, but surely we can make the argument that Colin same just gets a, just gets a, a standard monthly wage just to walk about with, with a screwdriver and a plectrum. I, I completely agree. I, I preferred him when he wasn't working. <laughs> when he was working everywhere else other than a real job, aye. Uh, nah, big, big Colin's brilliant, so aye. He, he was on good form at the weekend there. Cool. Yep, so that's Colin Sam in real life. John Gillis. Shout out to John Gillis. He says, My wife and I like to take a wee break in Europe every year. Being in holiday mode, we frequently dance across the street singing across the road. Most of the lyrics involve red men and green men and are still valid, but we feel the line, look left, look right, look left again, is surely going to lead to our early demise one of these days. Does the colonel not feel it's his moral and social responsibility to bring out a more Europe-friendly version instead of pandering to the likes of Farage and Johnson with a parochial UK-centric version currently available? Do you know what? We we have considered it. We have considered uh, the look right, look left, look right again. It, it just doesn't flow lyrically. So if if that leads to deaths throughout throughout the continent, then I'm afraid that's just the way it's got to be. And it's as long as the UK children are safe, is that what you're saying? That's not what I'm saying, Mark. <laughs> that's the, exactly not what I'm saying. Well, that's kind of what I said, but I said it in a joking manner. No, well, ma- but maybe we need to bring Cross the Road out in different languages. Maybe that's where we need to go, because... Ah, uh, we are European. I thought well, you have you are international as well. I mean, you've you've made a, a song in Korean, which um, was peace, love, mustard. You changed to you know, Korea and Korean. I uh, we brought that out uh, with just a YouTube video that Martin Mundybank made. Uh, Belladrum uh, posted it, and my favourite bits at the end because we've got in Korea. 
uh, the guy singing Peace, Love, Hangook with us and then in Belladrum and at Edenfest and stuff like that. The the British, in Lindisfarne as well, the Scottish and English crowd singing Peace, Love, Korea. It was just a nice, it's a, just a nice moment. I was lucky enough to go to South Korea with the Twistettes uh, last year, year before, uh, and it's it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant place, man. I think I think you could very friendly, very where we were. It was quite futuristic as well. I mean, it was much better Wi-Fi and you know just a, a forward-thinking technological place with happy people, late-night bars. Just I, I loved it. I just loved it. I didn't I didn't know what I was eating most of the time because it was like it was it was in everything's in Korean which kind of makes it exciting because when you go to France or Spain or Germany you can usually guess by looking at a menu what the words roughly mean but in Korea with the symbolism oh I don't that not the symbolism but you know what I mean it's it's in symbols it's like Prince's name after he changed his name everything is it's in Korean <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think I uh, will. Hanguk, but I don't know how you would actually pronounce the the language. But I, it's I, I know what you're saying though, and it was great. There was one day we were all hung over, and uh, I I managed to order something brilliant. That's really spicy. It was like fried chicken, uh, which they're right into their fried chicken because the Americans kind of took that over when the Korean War was happening, so fried chicken's a big thing. But one of the guys ordered cold black noodles on a uh, with ice cubes on top with a with a slush puppy of soy sauce. <laughs> 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 I, and apparently that's a big dish over there, do you know? It's like a traditional um, I but uh, I was so glad in my choice that day. Yeah, it was, um, it was it was good though. Like what was I was lucky with most of the food, but just it'd be good to know just what it was, just so you could order it again or something. But yeah, big up, big up South Korea, and also it's worth mentioning that you did bring. Uh, there's you know it's been quite an unstable um, region for many many decades, but apparently the way I remember it is, uh, well I think it was a David Blair told me that you brought peace to the to the Korean nations. We we brought a good soundtrack to. A good festival at the DMZ, but I think, I've, in all seriousness, all all the thing, all the wee things they're doing, like getting North Korean artists over to play festivals and all that, it's it's all good. And if it's coming from like you know music culture and the the kind of the power of music, that's good. But no, we were a s- small cog in the peace process, but an important cog nonetheless in bringing world peace to the region. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so, um, Che, regional piece. <laughs> um, okay, Che Woodman, who is John McMustard? The Dijon background is one clouded within a haze of yellow mystery. Can he explain how it came together into something that would traverse the waking planet? If it can be asked, hey, yeah, Fox. Uh, Good question, Che, and I did read this one today, and it's it's I would need to go into a lot of detail. John, who is John McMustard? Sometimes I don't know who John McMustard is. Is he my alter ego? I don't know anymore. I think I'm John McMustard, and John McAlinden's became John McMustard. But I'm just a big yellow guy who likes to have 
good times and likes other people to get on and have good times. And ultimately, that's what the music of the Dijon Five's all about. And that's as simple as I can put it. Do you think it makes it's, it's quite an interesting one about the alter egos? Because obviously, I'm, when you're in a few different bands and you've got a few different personas and stuff, it gets a bit confusing. So is it, does it make more sense for you to be John McMustard? The new John McMustard and Friends is going to be basically the same kind of disco ball guy that you were another one, or are you going to change it up? And also, do you have to take your um, your John McMustard persona to your day job at work just to make things easier? <laughs> uh, no, I can't. I, well, I'm a, I'm a psychiatric nurse by day, so if I turn up as John McMustard, then <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's going to raise a few eyebrows, but it, it, may, it might well go down well but it's, it's certainly not standard it's not standard uniform aye uh, but what was what was the question again yeah it, um, so you know, you've answered it you, you wouldn't you wouldn't take you wouldn't take the disco ball hat to your day job i wouldn't oh aye the other part was am i oh, for the, the kind of solo gigs am i going to do the colonel master disco ball thing i don't know but probably need to mix that up a wee bit as well uh, I don't have much time. I think, well, do you know what? At night time at the Fringe, folk are looking for a late night sexy disco party. So that's what I need to provide, ultimately. And you can't have a late night sexy disco party without a, with a disco ball in your head. What about the ABC disco ball? I mean, what's happening with that? I thought you would have been in there crowdfunding, a, I don't know, like that disco ball. I don't know what happened. Like, that's, that's one of the great mysteries of that. Is that still... Is the disco ball still there? I think, uh, I, I think we, that's ultimately culturally that's the most important destruction between there and the the art school. That disco ball. Yeah. Uh, I would love I would love to be able to try and put it on my head. Yeah, it's, it's great. I think I answered that. Alex Doherty said, "If his name is John McMustard, wouldn't that make him?" Colonel McMustard and not Colonel Mustard, Mark McGee wouldn't become Sergeant Gee. I quite like Sergeant Gee. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should call yourself that. I think that's a Korean dish. Aye. Um, so, Dino McInnes says, does he know which Canadian province produces most of the world's mustard seed? I, I read this earlier on and uh, I've forgotten what you said. It begins with an S. Saskatoon. Is that where the Sasquatch's from? Saskatchewan, it's a bit like it. Um, and also, does he know of any recent things that the Saxons wouldn't say? The, the Saxons wouldn't be using abbreviations like LOL. The Saxons wouldn't be using hashtags like hashtag echo, hashtag false, hashtag guy. Uh, they, they certainly would not be on their iPhones or... And, I think I think some of them would probably, you know, they would have to. Saxons have got to stay in touch with other Saxons. They do, they do. Uh, now the Saxons, there's a lot of things the Saxons wouldn't say. Um, got a question. Mark Lindsay says, is McMustard legit your surname? Which do you know McInnes has responded with, do you work for the Inland Revenue? Yes, it's my surname. <laughs> Claire, Bra Claire Blatchford has given us a um, a three a three and one question, which is 
Okay, we'll do it one at a time. How much Buckfast did it take to get the album made? Buckfast's one of the main hindrances of that second album getting made, but we, we, we're getting there. Uh, do you know, the main thing that's that's kind of holding it up is we're all, we've all got families and we've all, we're all busy people with other jobs and stuff like that, and live music's our thing, so we've just been playing live for ages, but we know it's hit that point when when the Stone Roses have split up and still made an album in the time it's taken you to make an album when you're still together, you've got to take a look in the mirror, and that that's what we're doing, but rest assured, the guy... Spend too long in the mirror, maybe that's where you're going wrong, just staring in the mirror all that time. It's just, but it is a tough balance. So, we, you've obviously, everyone's got to work to stay alive because it's hard to make money after music. So, you've got to do that. Family, you've got, to, you've got to have time for your friends, you've got to have your own social life, you've got to go and do stuff. And how, and also, you're playing live all the time, which is pretty much taking up all your weekends. So, how, how do you get that perfect balance? It's definitely not a perfect balance, uh, but creatively, all the guys are doing brilliant stuff. Like there's and there's more writers in the band than ever before. Uh, I it's don't worry, it's coming together, people. Is it still going to be called the difficult number two? Working title, the difficult number two. Uh, I I can't really shake the difficult number two. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's um. It's a really good name and a really bad name at the same time. Sometimes you're like, oh, you kind of call it that. And I'm like, oh, actually, it's, it's just like um, the, the B-sharps uh, for the Simpsons or the Gyro Babies. You want something that's initially quite funny and then really annoys you after it. Um, Claire also asks, how much is the maximum... Oh, no, so that's Kevin... Sorry. Claire, Claire says, will he bring the Mr. Disco Ball suit to my next birthday party? It depends what day it is and where you live. And if I'm busy that weekend or not. So there's a few caveats, but I think it's a yes in, in general. Uh, Claire also, final question for Claire says, what's his junkie breakfast? Well, junk, junkie breakfast is one of our most controversial songs, but it really just came for a conversation that when we were due to have our first baby scan for uh, our oldest boy, we John, at, at that point, it was in my... I don't actually eat chocolate anymore, but it was in my pre-cocoa industry boycotting days, and it was first thing in the morning, and I bought like a cup of hot chocolate, packet of crisps, and a bar of chocolate, and started eating it at like half eight in the morning. And Donna turned round because we were in a waiting room full of people at the Royal, and went, "What are you doing? That's a pure junky breakfast." <laughs> Same as when I tried to put Live Forever on when Evie was being born and she's like, oh, the midwives are going to think we're junkies. <laughs> I know I know it's not a good word, do you know, like, but I think within the song we're aware we all have our addiction issues in life at times, and uh, but equally it's quite funny, isn't it? Well, no, I never found that one funny, as you know. <laughs> we, I, I remember actually having a, we had an argument on stage at art school about the whole entire word of the song and then I went out for a fag after <laughs> there's a social worker going you're quite right son you're quite right uh, I, I don't it just it just makes me cringe when I hear when I hear when I hear the junkie word it just it just makes me cringe and it, there's there's certain context where it's alright but you know what I mean like, like for example Lemmy Lemmy can Jacqueline McCaffrey Jacqueline McCaffrey that he can get away with it that's, that's comedy I don't know I just don't like it I just 
I don't think you could get away with it. Well, it's, it's, just the way, it's just the way that all that everyone sings along to it and stuff. I just don't particularly like it, but I'm not offended, but I just think it just makes me just cringe a wee bit. You know what I mean? I just don't like the word junkie, but that's just my personal opinion. Who gives a fuck what I think? It's, it's a valid point, and I, I quite like the song because it's controversial and there's different opinions on it, but ultimately, everything and everybody deserves to be satirised, and I, do you know, I, I've got friends that have been heroin addicts, do you know what I mean? It's like, I, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, and I, I, it's, it's, Definitely not done to to be offensive, but I think it's important that you you, you have to have a sense of humour about everything and anything. I mean, the all oh, man bit is funny. I will give you that. There is a, there is funny bits to it. I just don't personally like it. Like, well, the reason I didn't like it was number one, it put me on. You want me to do a verse on the song for the album, and I was like, no. And then you've ended up. It's just me talking and it's me talking about the song. It's been sampled. That's the good bit about it. You're you're the kind of you're almost like the Jiminy Cricket of the song at the, <laughs> at the start. I, I don't really like it though, because it's like I'm the one, one. I don't particularly like being the voice of reason. Two, it's uh, me defending what you're about to say, which I don't actually agree with in any level. And uh, and three, that was actually my first ever vinyl appearance. Actually, I think I think I came out just before who took Utopia, so it's technically my first ever vinyl appearance is me defending a song I think is indefensible. Um, in some weird way it happened. And also what I find interesting about that story that you just told me is, is that you have you 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 happily walk in and do stuff for the BBC, but you 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 boycott a dime bar or like a dairy milk, so you boycott chocolate but not the BBC. You don't know about the do you know about the cocoa industry, Mark? It's much much more evil than the BBC. Right, okay. I'll, I'll, um, all, all, all chocolate, every single chocolate. There's, there's the odds. There's the odd bit of chocolate that's all right. Now, sixty percent of where we get our cocoa from uh, is harvested in Africa, and there's basically kids kidnapped to to be taken in to harvest that. I watched the documentary, and immediately I haven't haven't ate chocolate for nearly. Must be about seven, eight years. Donna had a dairy milk to console herself. Yeah. So, like, uh, there's a. Uh, you, do, you don't eat chocolate at all. You would never eat chocolate again. If I eat it by accident. Like yeah. I think you did. I think you did accidentally eat it by accident. Wait, it was, I think it was a cappuccino, maybe. Aye. It's happened a few times, uh, but it's like. It's that thing. But this, if you step in an ant by accident, it doesn't count. Question that kind of it's kind of relatable to what you're saying. So the other day, I accidentally bought eggs, but not the not the happy free range. The guys that get to run about it was it was um, I think it was the bad ones. Now, now I, I'm I'm in a big I'm in a bad situation here now. What did I do? Did I, you can't just throw the eggs out because that's surely worse. Uh, what did I do? If, if when you bought them you didn't know, then I think I make them and eat them. Yeah. Yeah, out of respect to the chicken that laid them. Well, just, it's more, you don't want to waste something that, yeah. you know, and you're, if you're hungry. That's so, uh, good. Thanks for giving me the moral high ground because I was feeling really bad about that before. Okay, so John McCrory said, if, if colour made a noise, what would yellow sound like? And also, would either of you consider a bath in mustard? Well, do you know what? I, I, normally, a, a bath in mustard would not be my thing, but 
I came back with some really bad sunstroke from Eden Festival, and I think that maybe a cold bath the mustard might have sorted me out. So, but I'll pass the message, the, the first question on to you, um, which is if colour made a noise, what would yellow sound like? And would, you, and would you consider a bath in mustard? I would like to see you going on it first <laughs> with your sunburn. <laughs> and if, if you came out unscathed, then I, I would. No, I, can, you know, I think it would be I think it'd be quite a cooling initially, but I think they would, it would start to spice up pretty quickly and maybe, like, maybe irritate the skin more than anything. But, you know, that is actually a good idea. You've got to... You've got, to, you've got to sell friends tickets and maybe that is a promo idea where you just get in a bath of mustard to raise a profile, give some money to charity, you know, give some money to the chocolate junkies that you that you, you, you love and equally humiliate. And um, so, buddy, sorry, moving on, buddy, it's, it's a new album in the pipeline. How does he feel on stage when the whole crazy concept is coming together and band and audience are one? Is it magical to experience? It's, it's the best, it's the best feeling ever. Uh, I just, when the band are playing at their ultimate and the audience are just, it just feels like one. And I, there's hard to think of a better feeling. Uh, what was the first part of that question? I album's album is in the pipeline. The boys are working hard in the studio every Thursday night and they're writing new stuff, so I boys and girls, so it's going to be good. Um, so speaking of, what is, actually, before I forget, we've been asking everybody that's so far, what, so let's start, because you were just talking about some magical experience, tell us your best gig, and then your worst gig, or even just a bad gig. Uh, probably the best, Best gigs, maybe some of the, the wee ones when you're first starting out, but then get, getting to play the bar is, is obviously, that that was dream come true stuff, but the first time I played it, because I was so nervous, I probably had too much to drink, and then the second time I stayed completely sober and still didn't remember any of it, so that third bar is gig was probably the best of the three because I wasn't as nervous because you'd done it a couple of times. Uh, playing Belladrum main stage uh, the last couple of years to slip crowds of nearly 10,000, I, I think was estimated at the last one. Aye, we're the main stage again Saturday afternoon. Oh, cool. Nice one. Uh, Saturday afternoon, aye, in the main stage. Uh, and the, we the weirdest gig I've done recently, we've done a gig where it was to fifth years going into sixth year at a high school in East Kilbride. And uh, <laughs> we like, the venue got moved to like a chapel, so I was on the altar with the disco ball hat on, like <laughs> directing the kids of fifth year across the road. And most of them were hating it, but some of them you could tell were loving it, but hating it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, ro- <laughs> I. It, it was, but the fact was they were all doing it, so it was it was good. But it was quite good because a lot of them had taken selfies and all that and pictures, and so their mums and dads who are fans of the band were like, oh, my kid was there today. So there was a bit of that going on. And we, we played a new solo song called You'll Simply Never Walk Alone the Best, which is a, an anti-bigotry song in... It's going to be the controversial one, I think, on the the solo album, uh, because 
it takes the mickey out of both sides of the old firm who are bigots uh, and because bigots are bigots regardless of what side they believe they're on so that that's going to be quite interesting to see how that goes down it's uh, it's, it's, it's I, I've, I've i've not heard it I, th I think i don't think i've heard it Gordy did play me a couple of demos um a couple of weeks ago but it's all sounding good it's all sounding good but i think yeah poking a stick at celtic and rangers fans uh, okay, good luck with that, mate. Good luck. Actually, I want, I want, I want a worse gig. I don't think that was a worse gig. I don't think I answered that. I, I want, I just, I, I want, I want an actual toe curling, uh, horrible experience or just something that went terribly wrong. I want, I want a bad gig. With the Dijon Five or just in, in general? I don't know. Well, when Gary, my cousin, who. We, it's not quite Gallagher Brothers. We do get on fairly well, but it is the, the cousinly love type thing where occasionally that sort of, you stole my Lego when we were <laughs> seven stuff comes up and he'd, he was in charge of buying the rider for the ABC. Not, not the ABC, sorry, the O2 Academy uh, gig or Carlin Academy, whatever it's called, uh, over on the south side. And he bought like just, four cases a buck fast so I think he'd already drank quite a few uh, bottles probably before he went on and it was one of the ones it was the one where David the DJ answer he was meant to go on on the wee kind of segue thing like you, you know yeah. hoverboard type thing yeah. but aye aye you know what I mean uh, but I I kind of seem to be able to go a bit better, so I went right. Well, I'll I'll go on it then. And Gary did try and put me off <laughs> a couple of times on the stage, so that was <laughs> that was a kind of near death one. Uh, I there's been a few moments, uh, but but still, that was still quite a good gig. I'll yeah. I'll try and think of one. There, yeah, there has been try and, find, try and find this one. I mean, I've not. I think all your gigs. I've went. Scythe. The last time we ever played to a crowd smaller than us was just folk from our work who they've been always been a great support. Uh, we're, we're there, but nobody else, maybe one or two other folk in the band. We had a five piece horn section that night, and the band were about there was like 17 of us and maybe like 15 people in the place. But again, it was still a good gig, but it was an interesting one when you are you outnumbered the crowd. It's it's been a while, but it's quite good playing some wee gigs again because you have to think on your feet more and still play. Actually, Liverpool Sound City, when we opened the main stage, we'd had a great gig the year before and we opened the main stage and but security hadn't let them they hadn't they hadn't opened the gates. So we played to like you, you can see a video, if you look for it on YouTube, there's like 15 people. Uh, and we still, we played to our... The, uh, and we felt, oh, that's going to be a big moment for us because we've worked, you know, we've earned getting on this main stage and then the gates aren't open, so you're playing to nobody. But then it turned out two of the guys, one of the guys books for Boomtown and one of the guys books for Korea that were actually in the audience, so... Uh, it, both of them worked out well. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a good bit of advice for any aspiring artist. You never know who's in the crowd. It's an old saying, but it's it's very true as well. Uh, yeah, and there's 
Well, I, I don't think I've seen you struggle a bit with Jock and Doris Festival. <laughs> is, that, is that the one you were fishing for? I just ask everybody the question. I just think we're giving it a proper answer. Right, aye, that was a bad gig. <laughs> Although some of the crowds, well, the crowd seemed into it, but uh, no, we ended up, I think a lot of the guys had just overdone it and... Our stage time is getting pushed back. Probably, <laughs> probably, uh, probably because of you. <laughs> it was actually something to do with me. I can't remember exactly why, but I was the stage manager, so it was. But I think I swapped you around because it was running a bit late, and some people had to get the last ferry, and you were like, "Oh, don't worry, we'll go in later," and everything. So it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was all agreed in advance. But I think because the first festival of the year, it was such a sunny day. It's such a beautiful place. There's a ferry, and everyone was having a good time. And I mean, you were fine. Like there was, a, there was a security woman whose face had been tripping her all night, and she loved you. She thought it was the best thing that she'd ever seen. And everything was fine. The only time that, but I just noticed the things were getting a wee bit other. When you, I noticed you were doing bouncy ball, and I finally had my first bit of food of the day. I went and sat, sat down, had a wee burger at the backstage, but came back out ten minutes later, and you're still no, it's dance off. Sorry, you're still doing dance off. For like 12 minutes and I went man just to let you know because we've got our, we had three more acts on I went man you just to let you know you've got only got about 10 minutes left and you're like are you telling me how to run my gig Mark and I just I just laughed and walked away and left you to it I don't think Nico was as impressed with you I thought it was quite funny though uh, I, I think there was only actual three members of the band, uh, like maybe 13 years that made it over there that were on stage. We had, aye, we had folk for other bands standing in because some, aye, because some of the guys had overdone it. I think two of the guys had fell out and one of them tried to escape on a mountain bike. And it was like, <laughs> aye, there was. It's, it's always the first festival of the summer you overdo it. Uh, so, but I can't do that this year because I've got too many things to do this year. Well, it's um, you know that was that was in the old days, younger days. We're all mature now, so that would never happen. Ramifications of Sealgate that day. Yeah, Sealgate. We couldn't have a podcast without mentioning Sealgate briefly. We'll do a special on it one day, but today's not the day. But we do hope to have Jock and Doris back in time for 2020. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we've got just a couple of quick more questions. Kevin Pearson, how much is the maximum he would pay for a Fredo? I wouldn't pay for one, Kevin. You, you know I don't eat chocolate. Does he actually know that and he still has that? Uh, no. Yep. John Walker, how many manys are an adequate amount of manys in this current financial climate? Too many manys. And who else we got here? Yeah, I think, or, yeah, Mary, Mary Yaram says, how does he find the audiences made up of children mostly at his family shows? Are the audiences appreciative? Aye, kids' audiences, in some ways, they've, they don't have the same, I suppose... Aye, they're not in their heads as much as adults. So if you're if you're playing a good show, like we, that high school show was different the other week because that's kids that are in majorly. That's the time you're most in your head. I think. Uh, so, but some of them were into it. But we played like a nursery the other week, and they they were all 
you had to scrape them off the ceiling on the way out. They were absolutely loving it. We'd done an after-school club recently where we had them playing curvy and crossing the road. And I, the kids' audiences are wild. Uh, and they, it's it's the only time where it feels a bit like being in one direction or something because by the time you're leaving, they're all, ah, it's like crazy. Uh, but the, the kids' theatre show, The Big Bad Wolf, it's kind of... It's it's a mixture, but uh, it seems seems to be getting a good reaction from adults and kids. That's what, that's what I meant by Simpsons humour. It's just that you obviously when you watch the Simpsons when you're a child, you like it, and then when you're watching you're a bit older, you realise that they're sneaking in some adult jokes there that they kind of go over the radar. So I'm because I mean that's that's probably the the most um, the biggest thing about Conan Muscle is the age range is actual all ages and. You know, I've you know, there's people in their seventies dancing about potentially mad with it, <laughs> having a second win in their retirement. Possibly, I don't know. Yeah. I can't speak for the old age pensioner community. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so uh, what would you, yeah, then it's kids and old people. So you, I think I think what's um, quite good about the the movement thing is is that it did bring people that were maybe like especially the older people that I think that had a second wind. You know, maybe they've just maybe been out the game for so long, maybe raising their kids or whatever, and they've just not really felt a connection with their music. And then with the yellow movement, it just sort of, you know, I think the colour just makes everyone, I think there's a famous quote, pick a colour and run with it. And then obviously, I think there's lots of people involved in making the yellow movement community work as a whole. But I think it's really quite inspiring to see just people that haven't been in the live music scene for ages coming together and actually feel, you know, it's a safe environment, it's a fun environment, and yeah. Aye, that's what it's all about, and it's great when you see different generations of families coming along and you're the band or the Yell Movement collectively or what they're, you know, along to see, and... It's good as well because I think you get stuck in your own generation. Usually, when you're a teenager, what what music you're listening to, and a lot of people go, "I know that all the other music's rubbish," and it's like there's a lot of brilliant music that's just not breaking through. But up in Scotland, and it was something the moods uh, going back to them in Manchester were saying, like up in Scotland, you guys, the Gyro Babies, Mackie Nines, are all getting quite big, but. You know, you've you're just not mainstream, so people down here don't know about it. And so I, I going back to to the original question, like the it's a total joy to to see all ages coming along and and getting involved because as it it's just a big positive experience and somewhere for people to be happy and for families to you know have a have a good time together. Soapy, hello, Soapy. He says, did the Colonel ever think of other condiments or was it always going to be mustard? Colonel Perrins in the Worcester Sauce 5? It's a good option. Uh, Bombardier brown sauce has, has been uh, put forward be- before. I quite like that. No, it was the, the name was kind of given to me down at Glastonbury Festival. Uh, I think it was 2008, maybe. And I I just, that, that was the moment. I just thought aye that's that's my next band aye my pal yeah. my pal went would you think of this is a band name and I went that's brilliant <laughs> and at that point I, I didn't it was maybe another year two years before we put things together yeah. I, I did the gyro baby's name for many years before I started the band 
Uh, aye. Sometimes it happens like that. Gary Ward, does he have a favourite smell? Smell or smile? Yeah. Uh, let me have a think. I've got se- several favourite smells. Try to think what. I if, talking about foods. I quite quite like the the smell of a roast dinner on a Sunday afternoon. I like uh, I like the smell of of a rose on a Wednesday evening. That's that's as good as I can do in that question. The smell of a hashtag Echo Falls and a hashtag Train Journey. Aye, well, hashtag. All, all red wine, that's my, my pal Jimmy always says this, all red wine tastes of mushrooms. So, <laughs> so when <laughs> so when the Echo Falls guy was, was drinking, I, I gave him some of my Casillo Diablo uh, and we were just kind of having a laugh about that where I, I, I was acting as if I was a total connoisseur going, you know it means castle of the devil. <laughs> And uh, I and I went, look, taste that. Does it taste of mushrooms? And he's like, aye, that's what it tastes of. Johnny Cipher, it's really inspiring as an artist to see someone always trying to support a good cause and help out people at almost every opportunity. What motivates you in the morning and have you ever burnt out? Been close to maybe burning out a few times, but I think you just, you know... You just need to keep going. Uh, it's usually after a rough weekend, you're like, oh, what am I doing? And is this the right thing? And blah, blah, blah. But I think, like, Johnny is is one of the guys that I, I think is an absolute legend of the scene and going out his way to help different causes more more than most people, more than more than anybody that I'm seeing in, in the music scene in Glasgow now. Uh, but... Aye, it's just you, the motivation is you. It's a short life, isn't it? So you need to have as good a time as possible, but you also want to have a a life where you're looking out for people and caring for people. And I suppose if you've always got that at the back of your mind, and you can have a bit of fun along the way, then then you're going to keep going. Yeah, it's, yeah, John, I'd agree with I'll just echo that. Johnny Cypher does is doing loads. He's making lots of moves. So um yeah, you 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 will you will get you will feel but you're burnt out when you're doing all that all that stuff. And yeah, I've felt I have felt close to burnt out a few a few times. I'm getting like emails because I'm I'm having to deal with like actors, agents emails for the guys at the fringe and then I foolishly putting on two shows and a lot of the time you do it to yourself and you maybe need to go right can I handle this and there's times where in your head you're like I'm not handling this and that's the time you need to speak to your partner or your best pal or your family and go right what and a lot of the time it's just having that conversation and they're like no you can do this that's a, that's a good point is, is that you I've not been brilliant at it over the years but you can delegate these things if you actually just ask a few folk you ask for help people there's just, especially you Johnny there's loads of people that would do it there that would give you a hand I'm not very good at delegating stuff uh, myself also but what I would maybe say is what is good as well is you need to switch off at some point so you know that for for example when I was in lead up to Independence Campaign or the lead up to the Jackal Trades album first album I was so involved in doing the satire, spoken word scene, reading all the newspapers, watching all the news. 
that I had to just take a break for that. And maybe maybe take a month off or maybe take or maybe just take off a day a week where you just don't even look at a newspaper I don't know if it's a good thing or not but I definitely don't watch as much I used to watch 24 hour news channels Read. I'll still read a, a newspaper if it's sitting about but I certainly would never buy a newspaper but I, I like to kind of know what's going on but all the news you're getting is usually bad when actually when you look around and outside it's where we are anyway things aren't that bad and it's it's good to have a global uh, outlook on things and and to be you know try to make things better uh, in your own community and throughout the world but sometimes if that's going to be at the expense of your own health it, it, it is a good thing to you know take a wee step back and and just do what's right for you for a bit. Sometimes you do need to be a wee bit selfish, but eh. it's um, it's not it's not being selfish. Just getting making sure you're okay because uh, if there's n- you're a burnt out person's not going to be able to help anyone either. So you just need to look after yourself and make sure you're you're replenished and you're energized, and then you can help more people and and do more good moves. But just don't 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 get burnt out. Well, like I said. Both kind of said they're having having that conversation with other people is important, and even I'm the same as you, Mark. Where I am the one that will maybe finds it hard to delegate, and you maybe find yourself having to be the strong one in your kind of situation or group of pals or whatever. And sometimes that's just your nature as well. But it's important to know your, to you know your good and bad sides and. Uh, try and try and play to your your strengths as much as possible when it comes to stuff like that. And then there's a we're actually doing the Barris gig for Help Musicians UK, Help Musicians Scotland, and, and yeah, yeah. So there's going to be a donation from each ticket, and also there's going to and we're also just raising awareness of is it the Mind Matters Musicians Helpline? Is that what it's called? Go, go on to the, go on to the uh, Barris Fest event page. Uh, David Blair corrected me because I got it wrong last time, so I'm trying to get it right. So I think it's in fact, I'll just, I'll just go and I'll just tell you. But there's a, for any musicians out there, there's actually a new uh, phone number that you can phone and they're designed specifically to help people in the music industry, which I think is an absolutely brilliant idea because sometimes, someone with a bit of knowledge about the music scene, Sometimes when you're just panicking about, you know, if you're trying to promote a million gigs or play a million gigs, sometimes you just need someone that's actually got experience in that to go, hey, it's all right, print some flyers. <laughs> you know, just, just print some flyers and you'll be fine. Or... Do you know what was good for me recently? Uh, I'm a member of the Musicians' Union and they, they had just a wee day where you go in for like half an hour or an hour and you've got a wee one-to-one session and a lot of it was just... The, the women go, no, you're doing, you're doing, you're fine. Everything's okay. You're doing the right thing. And I'm going, but I've got, I need to sell 4,000 tickets. And she's going, no, you just need to sell out. You just need to aim to sell out your first night and the rest of them will, you know, take care of themselves type thing. And it was like, I see if you, if you, sometimes you create mountains for yourself and we all do it. We're all guilty of it. But it's even just having somebody to talk to. But, as well as the kind of musicians helpline, there's you know community mental health teams and crisis teams and stuff like that. If if things for people are ever that bad that and they don't have someone to talk to or uh, someone that they they can kind of vent to, but 
half the time when you're you know you get talking to people it's just it's problems we've all got them do you know what i mean and it's just sharing that and being able to have a conversations the the most important thing yeah i think so and i think that's why that that uh it also obviously that excludes people that aren't musicians that phone number but there's obviously there's other phone numbers out there for people uh so just yeah do speak to someone I just sort of touching on that we I, I don't want to mention any names just because we've, we've, we've I know there's been a few people in our in our communities have, have, have passed away which it seems very likely that it was mental health issues that's three people in the last week that I know of so it's um it's something that we need to do talk more about and is there any sort of just general obviously as a psychiatric nurse John coming from a professional point of view is there things that people should be doing just to, to make sure they are all right is I mean exercise that kind of thing or I, all, all the things that you probably people usually know themselves where their problems lie and what what the good things are but it's just getting that motivation to do it but eating well eating nutritious food that's you know going to actually be be good for your body and mind exercising something i don't do a lot of jumping about at gigs maybe but obviously that that's releasing endorphins and it's a good thing but I think the main thing is just try to have a well-balanced life and enjoying yourself, getting out, listening to music, and if things are bad, there's, there's community mental health teams in every single area in Scotland, and it's something the Scottish Government are big at promoting, and there's more and more mental health charities out there. Uh, but a big thing, a lot of, a lot of people who maybe feel suicidal after it, they you know after they've maybe had an attempt they they don't feel that way anymore the majority of people i've met that have been in that situation so it's important to remember that feelings pass and something that seems extreme and like life or death and a moment in your life like for a lot of the the young teenagers at that school in east Kilbride, uh, that that's what i was trying to say to them you know like things that seem so important like I'll maybe see guys that have, you know, fell out with their girlfriend or whatever and it's 20 years later and they've still got, you know, marks from... But they, they don't have that same feeling, you know. Th things pass, things move on and just talk to your family and, and know that things will get better, you know. Uh, and there's help out there if, if you don't have someone to talk to. And um, just to confirm, that was <clears throat> the phone number for any musicians out there is Music Minds Matter, which is a mental health support line and service for the music industry. Uh, the phone number is 0808-802-8008, and that's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be promoting that in the lead up to the Barrowlands gig, September the 21st, and that's Gyro Babies, John McMustard and Friends, Mungo's Hi-Fi, and the moods all the way from Manchester as well. And we've got a special guest still to be announced. We've also Joe Dark and the Wise Goldfish are going to be DJing. And a pound from every ticket will also go to uh, help musicians Scotland as well. So, and and yeah, if you, we'll put a wee phone number at the end if you've, um, for um, Samaritans and other mental health, there is, there is help. So yeah, just look after yourself. Maybe go go easier on the swally, eat some food, do some exercise, talk to people, and remember that. I mean, that's a very good point. Like alcohol, yeah. 
uh, it's massive and I, I, I drink too much, do you know what I mean? And that's that's sometimes the tipping point for, for a lot of people as well when they're in a mindset and they're overdoing the booze. So I that, that was good good point to yeah. make, Mark. Yeah, I think I think it's it's um, I think it's everybody that's in the the music scene or the party scene or just at large or just living in Scotland. I mean Scotland's it's its own party scene. And um it's very easy, we're all guilty of it to just to, to overdo things. And yeah, I think that if you are doing that then you're in a vicious cycle and you will feel you're gonna feel bad after it. And so but yeah, and obviously that's what makes you feel better. But you, yeah, you need to try and get out of that cycle. And yeah, yeah, but just speak to people, please do speak to people and we're always here. Um it's you call that radio at gmail dot com as well. So please get in touch. Don't ever think you're alone. And just, I think we're just going to wrap it up just now, John, because I know you're busy and so am I. We've, I've got things to do and you've got places to be. So just a, a final shout out to the Colton of Mustard Festival's coming up and your friend's show. So just gaze a wee run up. How is your summer looking? I saw loads of brilliant festivals again. We've got Kelburn doing the Rabbit Hole, Belladrum, Boomtown, uh, We've got the Stranraer, uh, I think it's called Party in the Park, but it's in Stranraer in August as well. Uh, we have got uh, Live at Troon, actually. Uh, a few more in between. And then, my, in amongst all that, The Fringe, Colonel Mustard and the Big Bad Wolf, seven shows uh, from the 5th to the 7th August and then the 15th to the 18th August and uh, that's at midday to 1pm at the Gilded Balloon Debating Chamber and at night time for 10 shows, Colonel Mustard and Friends and it's just going to be an amazing variety of music, comedy, poetry and all good things and me and Mark are going to struggle to have a compliments rap battle but I, <laughs> but we're going to attempt it and that's on the 8th August so come along to that one so I've never I've, you know I've not actually had a rap battle I've been holding back for the big bucks like waiting in a, a pay-per-view event where I could battle but we're just going to be doing a compliments battle and you're not even going to it's just, just going to it was 8 quid roughly about 8 quid and I think spring break Dougie for Mickey Nines and Becky Wallace all playing that same night that's incredible so well, there's a wee calendar here as well, so we'll just get confirmation. Uh, we also have, I think we've got the comedian Roscoe Cleland, who did say do it at the start, but I, I need to confirm with him. Actually, I need to get my finger out and do it. <laughs> Aye, stuff. Uh, but I, I won't put too much pressure on myself. Yeah, quite right. Just they fuck all, mate. Just you, just you, just, just, just you have a wee relaxed. <laughs> Just have a nice relaxing summer and then just thumb up and hopefully everyone will be fine. Uh, so I just for joining us, John. We are we are off. This is you call that radio. If you want to support you call that radio, you go to patreon.com forward slash you call that radio. Brothers and sisters. Well, what an adventure it's been. We've had an exclusive interview with John, the Colonel Mustard. Remember to get fringe tickets for his shows. 
We had an exclusive interview with Frank Foodie in Cornflakes. We had an exclusive interview with Lauren Hill on a Megabus. But more exclusive than that, we exclusively revealed that people are having parties after 3 a.m. And no one has ever exclusively revealed that before because it's never happened anywhere in the world ever. So big up to the exclusive reporters who exclusively revealed that young people are having parties. Shout-outs to High Street Sandwich Company. Shout-outs to... Lunacy cigarette papers, shout-outs to Photography by Mundito, and most of all, shout-outs to all our Patreons who are funding this madness. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Hopefully by episode 10, I'll actually have a clue about what's going on, but I appreciate all your support. It is amazing. You can, if you want to join in... Oh, shut the fucking phone went. The fucking phone went. Uh, yeah, if you, if you want to um, fund the madness for a couple of pounds a month... You can go to patreon.com forward slash you call that radio. We'll give you some bonus perks, benefits, discounts, material, all that stuff. So thank you very much. And give us a rating. Give us a member to subscribe. Spread the word about you call that radio. And remember to get your Barra's tickets. Remember to get your Barra's tickets. So, um, yeah, we're playing September the 21st, celebrating 10 years of highs and lows as the Gyro Babies, alongside Mungo's Hi-Fi, The Moods, Joint Mustard and Friends, and a special act I can't announce until next week, which I can't wait for. So thank you for tuning in. You call that reader. We're going to leave you with a Twisted song to celebrate the release of their new album, A Strange Play, on all digital platforms. Check it out in the Spotify and that. This is the Twisted. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>